welcome to D's wackadoo world. Ugh, it's been a good, it's been a good, good week so far, right? Um, before we get into uh, today's episode, um, just give you a little intro. Uh, give you a little intro about uh, this wacky world. Just remember that nothing is real, but everything is permitted. Um, before we get into today's episode, I'll just give you um, some info because this is the first. Uh, the first episode of this podcast. So you may be wondering what this shit is all about. Well, back in 1990, there was a awesome movie that came out called Pump Up the Volume. Um, and... This will also be a segue into today's episode. But Pump Up the Volume had uh, Christian Slater and Samantha Mathis. And uh, Christian Slater was this... I guess he was supposed to be a nerd. I think that's I think that's the deal is he was supposed to be a nerd. I mean, he was wearing glasses and, uh, you know, kept his head down. <laughs> I guess he was a nerd. Um, I guess it's how they're playing it in the show. It was in the early 90s, so it still uh, was very, very reminiscent of, um, um, I think, 80s movies. Uh, but um, the deal is, is this this character, uh, Christian Slater's character, is um, being transplanted into a new school. And um, he's filled with all his wonderful teen angst, and he's angry, and uh, he doesn't like anybody at the school, and thinks nobody likes him, and you know it's your it's your typical high school kind of stuff. Except for this is a brand new school for him, and he's miserable, and he is. Uh, fed up with stuff that he sees going on at school. And so his reaction is to uh, find a shortwave radio and start broadcasting his own um, pirate radio signal, which pretty much, I mean, this is back in the day, (laughs) back back in the olden times when you ha- when you couldn't just make a podcast and just spew it out onto the internet for everyone to hear um you know you had to you, you it was really hard to get get your uh, voice out there um and that's and that's kind of uh the idea i guess behind uh this podcast is is that idea that we have this awesome ability to uh, say whatever we think, and um, if we think something's fucked up, we can say it. And if we 
think something's cool, we can say it and we can shoot it out there and um, maybe somebody will pick it up and uh, agree or disagree. Uh, it, it's just the, it's just a cool landscape. I think that there should be something for um, kids in school called podcast therapy where they create podcasts and they're allowed to express their opinions and then shoot it out there and have their peers check it out with the uh, you know just, just he he i think in the in the um in the show he kind of muffled his voice or something he used some like voice thing to kind of like hide his identity which you know you could shoot this out into the internet and uh unless you mention specific things about where you live or people who live close by you you know no one's gonna pick up on that on that nonsense yeah but that that's kind of that's kind of uh the idea that we have so much freedom now and we have this ability and i think it's underutilized probably because it's underappreciated because kids today grow up with it and they just don't realize that they have that and maybe one day it'll probably be too late they'll all jump on the bandwagon but it'll be way too late by then nobody will give a fuck but anyways probably nobody gives a fuck now <laughs> but anyways the idea the idea behind that is uh you know being able to say whatever you feel and uh spout out your nonsense right so in that spirit we'll uh get on with uh, today's fantastic episode of D's Wackadoo World. Today is, uh, and, and that's another thing about, um, pump up the volume is, uh, I want you to, and well, it is getting close to the, either, either kids are in school or they're getting ready to start school. Um, cause it's a brand new year and that also brings back, um, you know, the themes in, uh, that movie there, but I want you to just, uh, think about, think about what that's like, you know, I mean like the first day of school is kind of nervous, but I don't know if you were ever the new kid in school, if you remember what that was like, or if you know what that's like right now, if you can imagine going to school and being the new kid in school, not knowing anyone. I mean, especially in high school, it's already traumatizing enough, but then you're in high school and not only is it weird and different and completely uh, ready to shape your young adult mind, but you are the new kid. And so you have that added bonus, uh, stressor in your life which I don't think is a bad thing by the way I think it's a good thing for kids to have stress and I think the idea of saying you want to take your kid to somewhere that's a nice neighborhood for him to grow up so he can be a good kid is it's kind of you know it's it's kind of counterproductive I mean kids got to have some trauma they got to have some stress some difficulty um and all and I and I don't think and not all kids are good at sports, and so you got to give them stress in different ways. Sports is stressful, but it's it's not a I don't know I 
sometimes it it's just depends on the kid. Everybody's got a is different, but I don't necessarily see sports as a good way to stress kids out. I, I mean, it's good for their evolution. It makes them stronger people. That I think you need to have a little little stress in your life. You got to have a little um uh you have a, you got to have some struggles. If you don't have struggles, you're just going to be a soft just going to be a soft fuck. That's all there is to that. So, anyways, being the new kid in school. Here you are, and you're ready to walk into high school, and you're the new kid. And shit's already going to suck. So, try to imagine that feeling, if you can, that sort of displacement of, not only starting high school, but being the new kid in high school. Now I want you to imagine doing that four times in one year. If you can wrap your head around that. You, wanna, you want some struggles? Try going to four different high schools in one year. That is something that I got to do. <laughs> Before I get into telling you how that happened, um just want to uh, get into, I want to take it back a little bit, talk about um, some of the, uh, um, some of the leading, leading up to high school so that you you get an idea of, of what I'm walking into, not just being the new kid in high school in a completely different high school, but some of the, some of the other factors that went into shaping shaping that experience um and mind you i do not think of these experiences in a bad way i mean they were good they taught me some really cool stuff and i think by the end um you'll see what i mean when when it all when it's all said and done the things that this that the struggle taught me were probably some of the most amazing things you could ever learn in your life. And I don't I don't know any other way to learn them. I honestly don't. I don't know how you could ever learn these things. But anyways, in um, eighth grade, um, they started prepping us for high school. So we took a bunch of tests to see where our reading, uh, our reading levels were, our uh, math levels, and our English levels were at. Well, these wonderful teachers in our public education system um, gave me all this battery of tests and then went on to tell me that um, I was uh, dyslexic and I had ADD and I could barely read. I couldn't spell and I (laughs) could only do basic arithmetic. And I was like, just... I don't know. I was just, I was just stunned. I was like, duh. I'm like, you're the ones that kept passing me into the next grade. I was like, no shit. I, I could have told you I had no idea what was going on. Um, and that, that makes for a, a, a really fantastic amount of, um, I guess struggle to put into to young 
young kid is like, hey, you know, by the way, at the end of the year, you're going to go to high school, um, which you are ill-suited for because <laughs> you, you, you can't read and you, or you can barely read and you, you can't spell and um, it's terrible. So they put me into a bunch of uh, uh, like uh, accelerated learning classes to try to get me up to speed um, before I got out of eighth grade um, so I could go somewhere in high school. And even so, when I got to high school, I was still going to have to take um, some special education classes because I was still not up to par with the rest of the students. Um, surprisingly, by the time I got out of eighth grade, I think it's because I actually enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed reading. Um, I was actually, um, was actually really, really good at reading. Um, I hated math anyway, so that was, um, just something that was, I, I just didn't apply myself like I did to reading. I didn't apply myself to uh, spelling and math the way I did to reading because I actually enjoyed reading. Um, and it's always been one of my favorite pastimes, but anyways, so they're going to send me off to high school and, um, I'm good there and I'm going to have to start taking some, uh, special education classes. And, um, the awesome thing is I got to uh, hang out in a classroom with, uh, other students that were equally, um, terrible at all these things. And, um, <laughs> we were, we were, we were the bottom of the barrel. We were the bottom of the barrel, man. We were the, we were the worst humans on the face of the earth. Um, there was not much hope for us, I guess, at that point, for real. <laughs> um... And, uh, to make things even more fantastic, um, I mean, how did I, how did I end up switching schools so many times? I had switched, switched schools a lot already. Not usually, uh, to this point, not that much. Maybe every two, two years, year to two years. It was, a, it was, a. I didn't, I didn't go, I didn't, I didn't, when I was in middle school, I did not know anybody there. Um, none of my friends were, I didn't carry all my friends with me from school to school. Like some people do, like they all grow up in the same town and all their, and they, and they've known their friends since grade school. That never happened to me. My, <laughs> both of my, uh, both of the prominent male figures in my life, my dad and my stepdad were extremely, um, they were extremely, uh, irresponsible people in different ways. My dad was just irresponsible. Um, he didn't like to work hard. He, uh, was terrible at finances. Um, his whole entire life, he, it was impossible for him to save money or get ahead his whole entire life. Um, my stepdad was just, uh, was just a straight up junkie, um, who would go through periods of 
of being clean and uh, then being on, on benders uh, doing coke. And, and I don't hold anything against either one of them. Uh, they made me, they made me a wonderful human being because, uh, because I learned a lot of valuable lessons from, from them. Um, and one of those valuable lessons, uh, was that things are impermanent and at any moment they can change. And you should be well equipped to deal with that change. But so going in, so going into uh, high school, um, uh, between middle school and high school, um, in middle school, uh, my dad was my step. I was with my stepdad, and he was fairly, he was in his uh, clean stage at the time, and. Um, I just started, I started middle school. I, so I left middle school and I started high school at, uh, Inglewood high school, Inglewood high in Inglewood, Colorado. And it was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was like, it was like straight out of a, of an eighties movie. Uh, you know, there were clicks, there were all the clicks. There was the, the punk kids, the, 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 the dirt head, Donor kids with their long hair and their heavy metal. There was the jocks and there was the preppy kids. And um, you know where do you, and you know where do you fall in there when <laughs> when you're just when you're even more bottom of the barrel than that? Um, I don't I don't know. Um, yeah, it's you know it is what it is. It's just just how things how you look at it. It's uh, just there's no other way to describe it um so get in there he's in his he's in his he's in his clean phase when uh when I was in middle school right before I started high school um I think I think he started he probably started getting into his going on his bender about the time I started high school and somewhere in the middle of my freshman year, um, he, in the middle of his, uh, his bender, he decides, he decides that, well, so when you're, when you're, when you're a junkie and you do that, when you're a, a junkie and you go on benders, you go clean and you go on benders, you kind of burn your bridges. Like you, people stop trusting you because you become so irresponsible. They just like, and he had burned so many bridges. Now my stepdad was a mechanic. He was certified muffler mechanic and he was really good at it. Um, it's probably one of the only things he was good at <laughs> besides being a junkie. Um, Jesus, like, I, I don't, I don't mean it in a bad way. It's just, it just, that's what he was. Um, so he, he, he could make really, really good money, but he was too busy blowing it up his nose a lot of the time. Um, and you know, that's just, you know, that's, that's going to just fuck your shit up. Um, so he is in his bender stage and he's about. 
he's burned all of his bridges. There's not too many people that will trust trust him to um, work. You know, uh, trust him to to hold his job down or whatever. So he he has to. Um, he yeah he, he so he he's like you know and he's he's like I got he's he comes up with this idea that and you know my mom's is sick of his shit so he's like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna get my shit together and the way for me to get my shit together is um for you for you for for me to get out of this state and and get a and get a clean fresh start. And his idea is to go to Arizona um, and get a job. And then when he gets uh, his, his situation settled, um, he's going to send for the rest of the family. And I'm just like, well, that sounds fantastic. It sounds great. Um, my sister elected not to go um, as she stayed with my dad. And, um, at that time I was, I was kind of, uh, I was a little, I was a little bitter at my sister for that because it's like, she, it seemed like it felt to me like she had abandoned the rest of the family. Um, because it, it was, uh, at that time it was me and my mom and my one little brother. And, um, then when we got out, so, so we ended up moving and it would have been my sister. She would have gone with us too, but she didn't because she stayed with my dad and I thought it was a cop out, but whatever, <laughs> just my, just my, my angry young teen mind being angry about everything. But we get to Arizona and my stepdad is, uh, and this is halfway probably through my, and this is halfway through my uh, sophomore year. And, or I mean my freshman year, sorry. Halfway through my freshman year when we, we eventually moved to uh, Arizona. And my, um, my stepdad has gotten this, this nice house to live in and in this nice um, new, newly developed neighborhood uh, called... Um, Deer Valley. And I think that I think that at the time it's uh, at the time it 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 it, it, was, it seemed okay like I, I wasn't having fun in school anyways. Um I mean the only thing I enjoyed was art class. Um I didn't really like too many of the people in school at the time. I liked the school but it's just like it was, you know, it was it was that rough start with uh, <laughs> being being such a dummy. Um, uh, so so going to Arizona, just you know, I was just like, yeah, whatever, you know. All I need is one more shitty thing to think about. Um, so I get to be, and I, and I mean, I'm fairly used to being the new kid at school. Like I said, I did not, I, I've changed, I had already been in a lot of different schools, but this was, this was something completely new. I mean, this was high school after all. You're, your mind's a little more aware of things, um, and you're a little more traumatized by things because you got a lot of hormones going through you, but 
man, going to Arizona was such a trip. Like I, I, that is definitely something that changed my perspective on the world forever. So we go to Arizona and my stepdad's is in his, is in his clean, his clean phase. And his, his only thought is to impress my mom's. Um, he doesn't really care about, he doesn't really give a shit about us. Um, he gets this really nice house and it's really huge. And, um, he gets us a dog because for some reason the dog should take care of us. But, you know, it's like we got the same, uh, we got the same shitty clothes that we had. He didn't get us any new clothes or nothing. And I've got these same fucking jeans that I've been wearing for so long that they that they've worn out holes in the knees and this is important <laughs> i want you to know that um and i'll tell you why but so we get out to arizona and um and he has us living in this in this rich neighborhood well it's a newly developed neighborhood and it's uh where a lot of the rich rich people are living and it's uh called deer valley and so um the it's it's all suburban and it's just houses for 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 miles it's just houses <laughs> cuz Arizona's big and flat um and there's nothing really out there and all the kids basically uh take the bus to school and so that's what I do. And the schools in Arizona are really weird. They look like giant, giant, um, fucking, they look like giant strip malls. Really. That's the only way I can think of to describe them. They look like giant strip malls. All of the classrooms are in their own separate building. And when you go from classroom to classroom, you go outside. Um, the lunchroom is outside. Um, and your lockers are all outside. Um, there's like, they're kind of like under like parking garages. Like, you know, they have an, an overhang cause occasionally, <laughs> occasionally there's rain. Um, and, uh, the school that I went to in Arizona in, uh, when I, when we were living in Deer Valley is enormous. It's huge as fuck. Like, I'm not sure if I ever saw the other side of that school. I don't know. The thing was gigantic. Huge, huge school. Um, or possibly that's just the way my mind paints the picture. I don't know. But I remember it being enormous. Um, and there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go because um, there's nothing around there. Uh, except for the school. So I get there. And... Um, as I said, the only thing I really ever enjoyed was art class. And there was, there was, uh, for some reason, somehow, somehow I got signed up to take, I was supposed to get signed up for, uh, a special like math class or a special English class. Um, cause I was still not up to par. My reading was solid. Uh, my ma my math and my spelling were sh were fairly shitty, so 
I still needed to take some occasional like uh, like intermediate math or English classes or something, but I was supposed to have one of those. And instead I go to some I go to some class. Somehow I got signed up for this class that was uh, a meeting on the school grounds. And all I remember is going in there and then sitting down and then they start talking about all that. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't have any of these problems. Like, I don't even fucking have friends. I was like, Jesus Christ. It's like, what the fuck? That's, that's my biggest problem is I don't know anybody. And I'm like, can you send me to some, some in school, like fucking, uh, <laughs> AA fucking deal. I don't, I can't even, I don't even know what it was. All I knew was I was not supposed to be there. And I was just like, I like gave him my schedule. I'm like, um, it said to come here, but I'm like, there's like, this is, I was like, there's, there's nothing for me here. Oh, and it took me a while to get that class changed out. I'm not sure if I ever did because I went there like once the first time and I told my teacher I wasn't supposed to be there and he's like, okay, well, we'll figure out where you're supposed to be. And then I don't know. I just never went back. I went there like twice, I think, and then I never went back. Fucking ridiculous. And like I said, this was all, this school was for rich kids. Like all these kids had money. And um, the only joy I had was going to, the only, I had two joys in that school. One was drama class and one was art class. And I did not know I liked drama class until I took it. And I was just like, wow, I was, I don't know. There was something about, there was something that I could understand already. And it was, this idea started to form in my head that you could pretend to be something you were not. And I was sort of already good at this um, because I was used to being a new kid in school. And there was at one point, not this, not at this school, but later on, when I really, re when it really, really hit home in, in my head, um, but that, that's like two schools away before really figured it out in drama class I think it started to gel in my mind about being something else um uh, we went we went to a play and we we went to a play and we also um went to a cattle call they needed um extras for a movie called American Anthem and we all got to go to that and those were those were my those were my great those were those were my fondest memories from that school um and this was the end of my uh this was the end of my um freshman year and i was enjoying that enjoying that um and then an art class had a really cool art teacher who kind of i think that school was probably a pretty good school and if i had been able to stay there um, who knows, I might have gone a different route in life, but, um, that's not, that's not where, uh, my path was, um, but I enjoyed the art class. The art teacher was one of the coolest art teachers I ever had, just 
gave us projects and let us do whatever we want. And at that time, I was obsessed with, um, I was obsessed with, <laughs> with Iron Maiden. Um, I had just discovered Iron Maiden, actually. Um, the album, Number of the Beast, changed my life, saved my life, probably kept me from going back to schools and shooting them up because I could crank that on. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a terrible thing to say, but it's true. So, so true. Um, and, uh, damn it, I... I would I, so they just gave us projects and our project was to I think we I think we we're supposed to come up with an album cover. This is back in the day when vinyl was was still the thing. It wasn't just some uh, retro fad thing. So people actually bought uh, records. I think we we're supposed to come up with an album cover or something. Um, as I said, I was obsessed with Iron Maiden, so I decided I should paint. The uh, I wanted I and I loved Iron Maiden album covers because uh, my my namesake painted the album covers. A man named Derek Riggs, not Martin Riggs, that's uh, the dude in Lethal Weapon, but Derek Riggs painted all the uh, album covers, uh, Iron Maiden album covers back in the day. Uh, the one that I was obsessed with was Power Slave, and I was basically just um, looking at that and repainting it, you know, as best I could just from looking at it. Just kind of like a practice, you know. Totally had fun with that. But but, <laughs> but as I said, the school full of rich kids, right? And we didn't get sh we didn't get new clothes or shit. Because uh, we got a dog, so we didn't need new clothes for school. Um, so I'm sitting in there. So this I really remember is one of the funniest things I ever remember. Is I'm sitting in there, and I've got my jeans on that I have worn so long that I have these giant holes in my knees. And this girl comes up to me in class. She sits down next to me. She's like, "Oh, I like your, I like your, uh, your painting there." I was like, "Cool, thanks, thanks for uh, talking to me and acknowledging my existence." Then she's and I'm just. She looks down and she just like puts her hand in the hole, my my knee, and she goes, "These are cool." She's like, "I like these. These are these are really cool. I like your jeans." I was just like, "Um, are you making fun of me? Because that's not funny." <laughs> I don't think she. I mean, this. I mean, this is the thing: is you can go buy jeans with holes in them, but I never did that. Okay, my holes in my jeans are fucking earned. I earned those goddamn holes, just like I earned my retro-looking T-shirts with faded graphics on them. You know, you motherfuckers, <laughs> you motherfuckers. Uh, but. At the end of, at the end of that, my uh, stepdad went into like some, some sort of bender, um, doing coke again. So he had to move. So in my sophomore year, um, I started in another new. At the beginning of my sophomore year, I started in another brand new school. 
I'm gonna skip through my exploits in the summertime because I don't I don't really remember what the fuck was going on in the summertime. All I remember is I changed schools in my the beginning of my sophomore year. I went to another school. Um, and right before I went there, um, because it was in the summertime. And this is the deal. This is this is when. You know, I was bummed out because I actually liked that school, despite the fact that <laughs> everybody was rich there and and I was um, fucking total loser. I liked the I liked the I liked the teachers and I liked the learning environment there, and uh, I was seriously enjoying drama class. It was one of my favorite classes ever at that school. Ah, oh, Jesus, that was so much fun, but. But it, but the thing is, is that whole experience started to change something in me. That whole, because that's the thing you struggle with when you're younger is your identity. And I started realizing that that's just a fucking illusion, man. When you're, because when you're in drama class, you you know you start to realize that you're you get rid of you get the re the reason i really liked it is because it got rid of fear it got rid of the it got rid of fears of being in front of people it got rid got rid of fears of um talking in front of people and it it just it, it made you face those fears like you had to get up in front of people and you had to do stupid stuff and you could be anything or do anything you wanted and it wouldn't matter and that whole concept of being who you want to be and, and, and not mattering where you are and that whole identity thing and self-realization really, really gelled when I started my um, sophomore year. Uh, I started my sophomore year uh, in, another, in another another new high school. Um, I have uh, this amazing genetically beautiful skin that sometimes sometimes betrays betrays me um for my I don't look at all my age nor do I sound my age <laughs> but I don't look my age and it's because we've always had really nice um skin in our family um and that's because it's uh it's extremely greasy it's greasy and oily and it's good because it keeps it, it keeps itself moisturized and and it keeps those wrinkles away. But it'll betray you, and when you're in the throes of hormones and you're a kid, you sometimes get seriously bad acne outbreaks. Right before my sophomore year, I had this nasty outbreak, and I had this just like patch that just like scabbed up and underneath one of under like on my nose underneath my I think it's like one of the only times like it was such a bad outbreak it's one of the only times where I have a slight slight scar for the most part um I've fucked my face up quite a bit and never really actually scarred it the most damage I did to it was when I deviated my septum when I got headbutted in the nose but I digress <laughs> so I'm starting a brand new school as a brand new kid and I've got this fucking just nasty looking like looks like something smashed into my face from this acne outbreak that I had that I did not take care of very well um but I had learned a valuable lesson 
had learned that everything was, that the chances of me staying in the school for very long were slim to none. Um, I had learned to distrust, you know, the permanence of anything, especially concerning my stepdad. The idea of living in one place or finishing school or finishing high school in one high school was slim to none. And I just accepted it. I wasn't angry about it. I just accepted it. And the thing that really turned the corner for me is going to school and knowing I got this this nasty looking thing on my face the first day. And um, just knowing that since nobody knows who I am, we're going to have to have that whole where everybody goes around and gets in front of the classroom and introduces them and people are just going to be like, yo, dude, what happened to your face? And I already made up in my mind that I was just going to be somebody else because I was never going to see these kids again. I was just going to be in it. So when when it was my turn to introduce myself, I just gave some bullshit story. I don't even remember what I said. None of it was true. I just, I just, I just, was like it was like being in drama class I just went up on stage and then you know oh and this thing and I just like oh yeah and my dog bit me the other like bit me so my face is fucked up and that was just that was my and everybody's like oh shit man what kind of dog do you have and I was telling them um I had a pitbull great Dane, great dane mix at the time um I believe his name was bosco um and everybody was like, oh, shit, man, that sucks. And they're like, yeah. And then there was like girls like, oh, I've, got, I've, I've gotten bit by dogs before, too. And I was like, yeah, he's my dog. He just got a little crazy. And he got a little wild and bit my face. And they're like, oh, shit, damn. And people could relate to me. And I was like the most friendliest I'd ever been in my life. And I just just came out of me. And it was it was just because I was just pretending I was just pretending to be something just because I knew that I would never see anybody ever again. And it didn't matter what I said because they were never going to see me again. And that was, that was like, that was a life changing thing. And then after I was done and I, and I realized, I was like, damn, I was just like, like you can just, I was just like, nobody, I was just like, everything's just, just a game. It's just like, it's just like, it's like a show. It's just like, you know, it's just whatever you say it is. You just, people just treat you however you act you are, you know? It's like, it's all, it's all smoke and mirrors, folks. It's all smoke and mirrors. And that shit changed my life. Um, but before we continue on with this uh, episodic adventure, and trust me, it's not over because I did say I changed high schools four times this is this is this is in a year and this is number three okay this is number three so i haven't even gotten halfway through my my uh (laughs) my my sophomore year okay so we still got some shit to we still got some shit to get through um but before we do that i'm gonna take a break and uh we are going to have a word from our sponsor. Um, and then we'll be back. We'll take up where we left off. 
All right. Today's episode of Dee's Wacky World is brought to you by the Church of the Subgenius. All hail our Lord, J.R. Bob Dobbs, the Savior, the Overman, the Space Yeti. He will guide us through that wormhole of life and time. He will bring us to the future. With his smoking pipe and his smiling grin, we shall conquer the evil pink brain. Again, that's the Church of the Subgenius. Hey, welcome hey, back welcome to these wackadoo world. Okay, let's see where were we at. Hope you enjoyed that message from our sponsor. Um, so as I was saying, um, in the middle of the summer, we moved. Uh, because, uh, my stepdad is, uh, was, uh, going through, um, one of his, uh, bender phases. Um, and so he got a, thankfully this time he moved in the middle of the, instead of moving us last year, like the middle of my freshman year, he moved us in the middle of the summer. Um, and, uh, it was uh it was an interesting summer um i was only what was uh let's see that would have been oh shit i don't know how old, i don't know how old i was um i think i had just turned 17 that makes sense i had just turned 17 um and um my uh my stepdad was um working at a a muffler shop and um so uh i kind of needed a job for the summer and um my stepdad offered to let me work at the muffler shop as uh um it was under the table because you had to be 18 to work there which i wasn't 18 yet so he let me work there um and <laughs> uh, this is this is this is great this is a little little side 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 journey um and this so this is this is a uh, my summertime <laughs> my my summertime adventure um and he let me start working there um, and basically all I did was like clean up the shop, uh, and change tires, but I would go, I would, I basically got to see how my stepdad lived his life. We'd get up at like five o'clock in the morning and, uh, we would go down there. My mom had made, made us these awesome, um, egg and hot dog burritos. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I love egg and hot dog burritos and we were wrapping them up in aluminum foil. And um, we would just throw them up on the dashboard and um, they would warm up. Uh, they would get the sun through the uh, through the window on the dashboard and they would and they would just be sitting in that aluminum foil. And it was like a, it's like it was like a like a hobo microwave, man. It just 
got those things super fucking hot and uh they were so delicious and um oh man and there was this there was this uh there was this awesome fried chicken place that was next to the shop that um I would go get lunch at and um I always got like uh french fries and fried and fried um uh chicken livers and gizzards for my lunch it was the best goddamn time ever and I just and then I would just and then we would we would be at the shop until like oh man like nine o'clock at night so it was like up at five o'clock in the morning and I worked at the shop all day um and it wasn't bad it was it wasn't hard work I got paid cash under the table changed a lot of tires changed a lot of oil um and just cleaned up a lot of sh- a lot of shit and listen to oh way those fuckers loved the oldie station but the oldie station only played like i don't know maybe they had like like 50 50 songs at the most on rotation and i heard the same damn songs every day over and over and over and over again i wanted to just strangle myself um <laughs> then then uh then uh and and one of my uh stepdad's uh, co-workers was this uh big giant mexican dude um and this guy uh he was really he, well he wasn't he wasn't tall he was just super stocky but he was kind of short uh, my stepdad is like six feet tall six six foot tall and this dude was probably like a like closer to my height so he's like five maybe five eight kind of short but super stocky big heavy dude um and he actually he actually was um i guess a good friend for my for my stepdad to have at first because uh he was on the wagon and he was not, he was not a, he would, he had been sober for like months and months and months and he had problems before, like he had a really bad temper and uh, he was a horrible alcoholic. So he totally stopped drinking. Um, And yeah, he would have been a, a great, a great, um, it have been a great friend for my dad, uh, or I mean my stepdad, if uh, if he had um, uh, continued <laughs> along the uh, not drinking route, um, that was not bound to happen, you know. Those, those two were definitely um, bound to get each other into trouble. Uh, but uh, he also he also had a son. And, uh, he decided that since I was working there, he would, uh, bring his son in and, uh, have him work under the table too. And his son was kind of like, he was like one of those tough kid Mexicans. And he was built like his dad. He was, he was actually, I think he was a little bit taller than his dad. And he was stocky too, and uh, he always acted tough, uh, you know. 
he's he's he was a tough kid um probably because he had to act that way because of wherever he went to school um and uh and and so his son was working there but um his his uh son uh ended up um when we he did an oil change one day and so uh when he what we did is we would um basically what we did is we we dumped all we we uh we dumped all the oil and then we had to go uh and we'd take off the filter and then we'd have to go look up um the filter uh and find a new filter and then uh lube up everything and then screw on the new filter well one day he didn't screw on the filter tight enough and this car took off out of the uh out of the shop and blew the filter off and uh oil went everywhere and it made this huge mesh and that fucked up the engine on this lady's car <laughs> and so he was not he was like um not very welcome there to work there um and so he didn't he didn't really he didn't come in that often because they didn't really like him being there because he messed up that one car but um he would come in and work every once in a while but not as often as me because i didn't fuck up any cars um not saying that i was better than him i'm total fucking idiot when it comes to working on cars i just happened to be really paranoid about fucking shit up so i was like super careful um and then like and then one time and then so like the it was like it was uh one night um the uh i wish i could remember those his name and his son's name but uh i, I can't uh remember their names but one night, um, they were working late and, uh, they started drinking and he, and like I said, he had Mexican dude had been, uh, off. He had not, he had not been drinking for like, all oh, for like months and months. And I don't know, like how long he had not been drinking for. And, and then all of a sudden he started drinking again. So he, he was going to town, like all of a sudden everything started to slip. <clears throat> and uh so they're just they're just out there uh drinking six packs and of course they let us have a couple beers and they're like well we're, let's go to the bar because there's a bar close to the shop and it's about like nine o'clock at night so they take me and uh his son was working that the mexican dude's son was working that day so they take both of us um to the bar with them <laughs> and and uh they and so we we end up going to the bar and we did all we had for dinner so far was beer that's all we had we get to the bar and they're like we're gonna drink they give us a bunch of they give us a bunch of money and they uh tell us to just um fucking play pool and pinball and and you know do whatever while they're drinking and um we're sitting at and so we haven't really had anything to eat and this is not this is this is a real live fucking dive bar, like hole in the wall. They didn't have bar food there. They had, they had beer and 
and they had cheap beer, cheap alcohol, and they had fucking pickled sausages and pickled eggs, and that's all they had at the goddamn bar. So we had a dinner that comprised of um of of the few beers we had while we were at the shop. Some uh some 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 fucking Pepsi at the bar and pickled eggs and pickled sausages. And we played pool while those two fuckers got drunk as fuck. And then they they closed down the bar like two o'clock in the morning. And they're like, all right, let's and they're like, let's and they're like, all right, we gotta go. We get let's get out of here. So they head back to the shop where the where the uh the Mexican dude was the one that uh was giving us all a ride to work in his truck. So we get back there and um or we get back. No, I think we I think we drove okay, what I, I take it back. I had come to work with my stepdad in our little little basically two seater yellow like fucking uh Dodge or yellow Toyota truck, one of those fucking tiny yellow trucks that you can only fit two people in the front. And then um the the Mexican dude had to come with his son, but the Mexican dude wasn't gonna he didn't want to drive home in his car because he he had been um he didn't have his license and um that's part of the reason he had stopped drinking is because he didn't have a license and he knew if they got stopped for some reason he was fucked. Um he was like totally fucked. They were both fucked anyways because they were so fucking drunk. I don't know what they were thinking. And and you know, I in the I'll tell you how fucking drunk they were. They walked we when we were walking back up to the shop when we were walking back up to the shop to get so they decided so the deal is they decided I'm sorry, I, I apologize. They decided to all pile into uh my stepdad's uh little truck. So the my stepdad and um uh and the Mexican dude were going to sit up front and me and uh, the son were going to sit in the back of the truck. <clears throat> and we're walking up to the shop to get in the truck and there's a car that's been parked out in front of the shop that somebody had gotten fixed and they left it there and they never came back to pick it up. They hadn't paid for any of the shit that got fixed on it. And so they're just like, eh, what else? So they just parked it on the side of the road. They're like, fucking fuck it. And they parked it on the side of the road since the person was never coming back, they guess. The Mexican dude takes his hands and, and makes and, and closes his hands together, like makes a fist, you know, like he, he closes his hands together and he makes a, he makes a fist out of his two hands closed together and he raises them up and he runs over to the car and he swings his, his, both of his hands into this like, like baseball swing with his fists into the windshield of the car and just fucking shatters it and leaves this perfect imprint of his arms and his fists in the windshield of that fucking car. It was like the insane coolest thing I'd ever seen. He didn't go all the way through the windshield, but he fucking shattered it and left a perfect imprint. And I was like, fuck, that dude is drunk and strong as fuck. <laughs> and my stepdad just like, oh, he wants to be cool too. So he just runs up and he punches the the window on the on the passenger on the passenger door and doesn't do shit to it i was like ah good job stepdad you wait and way to look like a monkey but anyway so we, we we pile into the trunk and we drive home 
And um, they are fucking shit face fucked up. And my and there's no cars out, thank God, because my stepdad is swerving all over the road, fucking swerving everywhere. And he fucking and he keeps jump and he keeps he keeps literally going onto the sidewalk. He drives the truck up onto the sidewalk, and me and the and the Mexican dude son are sitting in the back of the truck. And we're just bouncing and we're like, like, like bouncing, like almost all the way out of the fucking bed of the truck. Cause it's a little truck and those little, little, uh, short bed trucks, man, the, the walls on those things are not high. Like all it would taken is a little extra swerve and just a, just the right leverage. And it would have tossed us straight the fuck out of the back. I mean, we were, we were almost coming out of that truck anyways. And <laughs> that that kid was sitting across from me and I was just like I was just like sitting in the back of that truck and I and I, at this time you know like I was just like oh, fucking I'm just like thinking I'm just like oh man we're gonna fucking die we're gonna fucking die because I just expected the, the truck at any minute to flip over and just land on top of it's just fucking crust and I, I wasn't scared I just was like I was just like that I'm gonna fucking die in the back of this truck and I looked over and I saw this kid and he just looked like he was, he just looked like he was going to cry and he looked like he was going to piss his pants and start crying. And I just was, I was just like, I was like, damn, dude, you're really fucking scared. <laughs> and, um, and I just thought it was, and I just thought it was so funny because he had acted so tough all the time when we were at work and, uh, and, I, and here he was just looking like he was going to fucking start bawling. Oh, but we didn't die. We all, I swear to God, I thought we were going to die. We came, we came so close to dying, just almost flying straight out of the back of that truck. We made it back. And that was, that was my summer, summer adventure. Needless to say, at that point, my stepdad was well on it, was, uh, back into his, uh, back into his bender and, uh, he was doing Coke again and drinking again. And it was time for me to start school. But we had moved in the middle of the summer. So um, I started school at a new school. And this school was um, the school was in the ghetto. So the school was the literally the shittiest school you can imagine. Um, we and when I started and actually when I started school, um, we we had to move again because he ended up losing like right before I started school we moved again because he ended up losing his job at that muffler shop and he went to work somewhere else for some friend of his and this friend of his um was a also had a I can't remember what he did for that guy I can't remember if that guy had him had a mechanic shop but I know he I think he did but he was also like a part-time like fucking ghetto prison house tattoo artist or some shit and he had this house that he basically let us stay in for free because my stepdad didn't had wasted all his money on cocaine so right before i'm supposed to start school again we end up moving into this other house and this house is um just uh it's like it's like literally just a shack 
and um there's fucking there's 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 like a patio out front and i swear to god there are bullet holes in the patio because somebody had done a drive-by i not i shit you not there are bullet holes in that thing um and then i found like in this like weird closet that i had somebody and the only <laughs> only saving grace to this ghetto shithole house we lived in is that um i got into my room and there was like this weird closet and in the back of the closet somebody had stashed some porn <laughs> thank god i had one one at one good thing in that shitty ghetto house and then i started school in this fucking the most ghetto school ever um it's like uh it's it's like basically like i said like all the schools in arizona are like strip malls well this is kind of like a, a a prison um it's 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 a uh, it's got graffiti on the walls it's got graffiti all over the walls um and uh i am uh like um probably half half western european and um then the other half is um like uh hispanic and uh native american that's uh <laughs> and i and i know that because i i uh i had my uh my jeans coated recently but uh but i look mostly white so i you know i look i look white i look uh you're, I look like your typical uh, Anglo-Saxon white dude. And um, the school I went to <clears throat> was, uh, like I said, it was like a prison because it had this giant, it, on the main, the front of the school, <clears throat> the main main front part of the school had a giant wrought iron fence that was probably um, about 10 feet tall. I might be exaggerating but I'm guessing it was probably at least eight feet tall, um, if not more. And the, the thing would close. The, when the first bell rang in the morning, that thing would close, and you could not leave the school. And if you got and if you didn't make it in by that time, you could not come into the school. And then the rest of the school was surrounded by uh, a giant uh, fence with, with uh, like a giant, like at least 12 foot just, fucking fence that surrounded the whole rest of the school <clears throat> um and it was ridiculous uh and in that and the reason i bring up um the fact that i was uh, a a white kid in that school is because that that school was um totally hispanic there was uh it was hispanic except for uh me and one other white kid there was us uh, two white kids we were easy to spot <laughs> Um, and these, and this was like, um, these were all like, like gangster looking, um, Mexican dudes with their, with their, with their chinos and their white wife beaters and fucking cholo looking motherfuckers. And that was, that was, um, 95% of the school. And then there was the two, me and one other white kid. And I think there was one white girl. I believe there was one white girl. And 
there was um, a gang of approximately 20 Native Americans. And they were super easy to spot because they all hung out together. They were all really tall. Uh, and they all had hair down to their asses. And they never talked to anybody. Um, and... <laughs> And I just got to that school and I was just like, oh, fuck. And it, and you know that it's like, it was like that same feeling in prison. It's just like, you, you're you the only fucking white kid in there. And you're just like, I just like, oh man, I do not want to get fucked within, within this school. And, um, this, and like I said, this school was totally fucking ghetto graffiti all over the walls. We had a fucking daycare on our school. Because of all the girls that had that had fucking kids already that needed to go to daycare so they could finish fucking high school. And yeah, that was that was awesome. I went from one of the best coolest rich kid rich kid schools to one of the most super ghetto ass schools in the fucking world. It was unbelievable. Um, and it was, uh, I don't know. I, I really don't know how, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how, how I knew this or how I came up with this. Um, I, I mean, like it, 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 it baffles me to think of now, like, and now I, it seems to make sense. Like right now, if I thought of it right now, I would have, I would have, it's like if I could travel back in time and give my younger self a piece of advice of how to survive in this school, this is what I would have told myself is that, um, most Hispanics are raised Catholic. Um, and so they're extremely religious and they're also extremely superstitious. So if you don't want them to mess with you, then just pretend like you're a Satan worshiper and they'll leave you alone because they'll be scared of you. <laughs> that's what that's what I would have done. But that's not what happened. But I, I figured that out on my own. For some reason, when I started that school, I knew that. I knew that. And so the first thing I did was I wrote 666 on all of my notebooks and I made sure that everyone could see it when I walked around and I drew pentagrams on all my notebooks and all my shit. And I made sure that they could see it wherever I went. So they would leave me alone in that school. And uh, it totally worked. No one bothered me, um, you know. <sighs> and then uh, I just I just don't know how I figured that one out. I have no idea. But um as things went on, I kind of like left that behind because I started, I actually uh, started making friends in that school. Um, I made friends with the, uh, some of the, I made friends with some of the, some of the, the hardest, like, have you ever seen the movie Training Day? Have you ever seen those, those guys when uh, Ethan Hawke's character gets left, left in that, in that house with those gangbangers? Like, just imagine those dudes um, high school age. Okay. Well, I made friends with those guys. Um, and the way I made friends with them is that, um, I could actually, um, 
like I said, I was always into art and I was drawing and I, and I didn't take, I, I, to this day, I don't take notes. I don't take notes. Um, I listen because as I said before, I don't, I don't, um, I, I, I had ADD and, um, I'm dyslexic. And so, um, visual cues, uh, don't work for me, but auditory cues work really well. So if I hear stuff, I can remember it, but seeing stuff, I, it, it doesn't sink in. So taking notes doesn't help, um, because it doesn't create any kind of connections in my memory for me. But if I listen, um, I'll remember, I'll remember super well. So during lectures, I didn't take notes. I would just draw pictures and, um, and that shit would sink into my brain. Um, my teachers didn't know that they were, they, they were just thought I was a fucking dick bag cause I wasn't paying any attention, but I was really learning as long as they were explaining everything. I was totally learning, but I could draw pretty well. And these, these dudes were really into my art and <laughs> they liked the way I draw. And I was like, and so they, they had a little bit of respect for me because I could do something that they couldn't do. And then these, these tough kids, and you got to remember this back in the day before we had phones and we had access to the internet. Um, otherwise it might not have been, it might not have been as memorable or as cool, but, um, because I could draw and they liked, and they liked my art, they wanted me to, um, they wanted me to draw, uh, pictures of naked chicks for them. And so I did, I would, they would, they would say, Hey man, can you draw this for me? Make her, give her big old titties, man. And I was like, and I was like, yeah, whatever, dude. So I'd, I'd go home and I'd draw this, um, I'd draw these, these chicks and, uh, I would draw them naked and I'd bring them back to school and give them to them. And I was their best friend. And I would just, I would just come to class with a, <laughs> a new pack of, of uh, naked chicks for these dudes and they thought I was the coolest thing in the world. And then um there's another one of my friends, Isaac. And Isaac wasn't like all the rest of them. He was uh he had long hair and he's kind of more like a hippie and uh he had a lot of problems and shit. Uh his home life was fucked up and I remember there's something some deal with his little brother that one day just fucking bummed him out really bad and he was he he was not at school all the time. And I think that was because his home life was fucked up. So he wasn't always there, but he was, he was one of my better friends. Um, there was a girl in, in my science class who was, who I got along with pretty well that I sat, sat in the next to at this table. Um, we used to get into trouble a lot. Um, in, in fact, uh, we pissed off our, uh, our science teacher so bad one time he threw a fucking science book at my head oh my god <laughs> um that's that's uh that was i i didn't even know what to make of it i just thought it was so goddamn funny because he was so mad that he threw something he got so mad that he threw a book at me <laughs> oh because i'm a terrible person i just i'm a terrible terrible human being um and uh she had a kid too and so she she used the she used the daycare um 
at the uh, Hughes the daycare there at the school. And then uh, one of my other best friends uh, was uh, was actually a drug dealer. And uh, <laughs> he would only come to school when he was dealing drugs. But he always came to school with this brief, giant briefcase. And uh, and uh, on our lunch break, um, I would find him on my lunch break. And uh, he would roll us these giant, fat blunts. And me and him would smoke them. And we would just get fucking wasted. Wasted fucking high. This is back in the day before, le- before weed was legal. And... Uh, before it was like super hip and we were we were we were dro- we were rolling fat blunts in high school on our lunch break didn't <laughs> fucking i um i actually uh smoked a shit ton of weed at that school um because it was i was fairly miserable there and um it was just my way of just just trying to forget about I mean, I was miserable there at the school. It was terrible. And then I lived in this fucking shack with bullet holes in the front and a stash of porn in my room. And I would just, I was just so miserable. I would just come to, come to school and I would just pray for lunch break so I could get some weed and get fucking high. Oh, it was terrible. Um, and, and it was, it was, uh, terrible and fun at the same time. Um, yeah, and, and if he wasn't there, um, I would have to, uh, I would, I would go into the, what I would do if he wasn't there is I would, uh, just like go to the bathroom and, and like I was saying about this, the strip mall, like the way the schools are situated, the bathrooms are basically their own separate room out, you know, and you go outside, you, you leave the room and you go down to like wherever, like. It's like a public bathroom at like a strip mall. It's almost like the same deal. You just walk into another room and there's the bathroom. But you could walk into that bathroom and there'd be like, there'd be like 30 kids in there smoking joints. And all you had to do was go into the bathroom and stay in there for a little bit. And you'd get a fucking contact high because there's just this fucking massive cloud of fucking weed smoke inside that place. And so (laughs) that would get me, that would get me by. Um, also I started taking naps in that school. Like, um, my last class of the day, my math class, I always fucking took a nap. <laughs> that, was, that was my days in that school is, is come in, get high around lunchtime, take a nap last class of the day and then go home and, uh, fucking pull out the, the porn stash in my room. And just be like, what the fuck, man? I was like, if the, the, the if I had stayed, this, this is the same thing. Like, if I had stayed at the, at the school, if I had stayed at the, if I, just like at, when I was at the, the really super rich school, if I had stayed there, my life would have taken a different path. If I had stayed at the school, my life would have taken a much different path. Ugh. It was so terrible. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I, I think I really, if I had stayed at that school, I would have become just the worst, worst human being ever, man. Like I was not capable of pulling my hat out of my ass. The dude who is my friend, like I said, he was a drug dealer. 
And one time he comes into uh, art class and uh, he pulls, he pulls his, um, he pulls his briefcase out and he throws it up on our, on our table and he pulls a, he pulls a, a math book out, a big thick math book and he throws it on the table and then he pulls out this little baggie and he, and he dumps these couple of these big old rocks on his math book and he looks at me and he's like, hey man, you ever had any of this shit? And I was like, no. He's like, you don't want none of this, man. And he starts chopping up these rocks. This is the middle of class. He starts chopping up these rocks on his math book. Just fucking snorts them. Nobody says anything to him. The teacher doesn't say anything. Nobody says anything to him. He just fucking snorts a couple of rails off his math book in the art class. Um, and then and then he fucking takes off. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like I'm saying, if I had stayed there and this was this was my best friend, life was going to be totally fucked for me. <laughs> Thankfully or unthankfully or not, my mom was sick of my stepdad shit. Um, she was not having it living in this fucking house either. She was fucking pissed. So she she decides to take us all back uh i don't know exactly how they planned it out but she, she we didn't we didn't pack up any of our shit um our stepdad my stepdad was supposed to pack up our shit for us and bring it back with him in a truck cuz my mom just took me and uh my two brothers cuz my uh little brother jay was also born that summer um or no, he wasn't born in that summer. He was born probably halfway through my... He was born halfway through my uh, sophomore year. And that's when my mom really decided to move us back. Because he was just a baby. And she was just like... Uh, and and also... Uh, oh, yeah. That's, that's right. I remember what happened now. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I just... <laughs> it was all the weed. I swear to God, it was all the weed while I was in school. What happened was my little brother was born halfway through my uh sophomore year and so my sophomore year um my mom needs to work because my stepdad's a fucking loser and so she needs somebody to watch my little brother because he's, he's just been born so i stay so i just stop going to school and i stay home with my little brother um that's my brother jay and then my and then after a while my mom um so i basically just stopped going to school and my mom my mom's um decides to get us the fuck out of there, so she takes us back to Colorado. We don't pack up any of our shit. My stepdad is supposed to pack all that shit up and bring it back with him when he comes back because he's still there. So my mom gets us back to Colorado. She gets us settled and uh and and gets us back in and gets us back into um and this would be this would be just before, so this would be halfway through my freshman year. So then we get back to Colorado. It's probably just about springtime. And so it's summer. And so I don't go back to school again until, um, until that winter again. So I missed half of my sophomore year. And um, it was just like, and then, and then my stepdad comes back. And, uh, when he gets back, he tells my mom that, 
the truck broke down and he had to leave it. So he left all of our shit in Arizona. So all of our shit that whatever we didn't have with us got left behind. Just And I imagine he didn't even bother packing it up. He just ditched it. Um, <laughs> it's, it was a, it was a, it was an ongoing joke, um, between my moms and me, uh, whenever we couldn't find something, like say if we, if you like, if you were like, uh, you suddenly misplaced your car keys or something, um, we would, we would always say it was with the stuff that was never coming. Cause that's how we referred to our, uh, Oh, all the shit that got left behind in Arizona. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was uh, that was something special. But I had uh, and then and I was like, and and it was time for me to go back to school, and I had pretty much um lost half of my freshman year or half of my sophomore year because I didn't go to school because I was. Cause I stopped to take care of my little brother. And I, so I had, I had started out at Inglewood. I had gone to, um, uh, one school, I had gone to the rich kid school. Then I had gone to another school and then I had gone to the ghetto school. Um, something like that. And then, uh, so that was like, it was Inglewood. Then it was the rich school, the rich school, kids school the ghetto the in-between school and the ghetto school and um that was all in arizona and then so uh inglewood the in in between and the ghetto school and the rich school yeah and it was time for me so i had to make the i have uh, i'm rambling a little bit because i it's hard for me to to place it in the in the time because it was just a lot of jumping around a lot of moving around um but the thing uh the thing that that i was the thing is is that i get it's time for me to start school again and i was seriously just thinking about like how bad that year that year between my my that those years my freshman and sophomore years I was just thinking about how bad that that period was after I left uh, Inglewood High School, like that period in Arizona. I was just like, man, it was just like, it was hell. It was really, it was really hell. And that ghetto school, like I was, and I just knew that if I stayed, and I mean, I felt, and I, and like I said, my sister had left um, to live with my dad, and I had always kind of been felt like she had just abandoned us and stuff and I felt I always felt like I should be responsible and like try to help my moms and help my 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 brothers and sisters and um you know I and I knew that they that my stepdad was a piece of shit and that my mom you know and I felt bad if I just left my mom with my stepdad and I left her in this situation where she had to take care of all these shits but take care of these of everything on her own and um but I knew if I stayed there was no way I was graduating high school I was like I was not going to graduate high school if I stayed there just not I was felt like I was really torn you know because I felt this really deep 
sense of responsibility to my mom and my family. But on the other hand, I felt like if I did not leave there, I was not going to ever graduate. And I was just not going to make it out because they moved around so much. And it was just going to be impossible for me to ever do anything with my life. So for me, I made a really hard decision. My sister was already living with my dad. And so I asked my dad if I could come live with him too. And then I was, and he, and at that time he had lived um, basically in, uh, he had lived in, uh, he had lived in Inglewood, but he had lived on the furthest west side of Inglewood. And there was, he wasn't exactly in Inglewood High School's district. He was actually in Jefferson High School's district. But Inglewood is a magnet school, and so they don't technically have a district, and they'll accept students from outside their district. Like, they don't care. But I was, it was close enough for me. Um, so I asked my dad if I could come live with him so that I could go back to Inglewood High School and finish school in uh, Inglewood. And it was a really tough, tough decision at the time. As I said, I felt like I uh, was betraying my family, but at the same time, I needed to I needed to do, do something for myself. I needed to I needed to graduate. I needed to find a way to uh, not just fucking fall apart. Um, so I made that choice, and um, at the beginning of what should have been my so I started and because my my they didn't they didn't get they need they hadn't gotten all of my um transcripts from Arizona from the schools in Arizona I got to get all that stuff transferred so they could figure out where I was at so they started me off as a they started me off technically as a uh as a junior <clears throat> and um i and uh so it would have been my junior year and i would have um started out in my junior year and i went back to uh inglewood high school and that is where some of the most amazing things started to happen and that's how i knew when i got when i started in inglewood high school um, something really changed in my life and things turned around and, um, <clears throat> um, we'll get into that. But once again, once again, I was going to be the new kid in school because nobody there knew me and, I was already really good at this. I was already really good at being the new kid. So we'll get back into uh, my uh, my final years at Inglewood High School. Um, we come back. Uh, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. And uh, then we'll go into um, the final years at Inglewood High School. Today's exciting episode of These Wackadoo Worlds is brought to you by Blue Room Photo. 
need a high school senior picture taken and you want to look like a dragon princess or an elf or you want to put on your furry costume and be a magnificent fur beast, Blue Room Photo has you covered. We'll take those pictures that nobody else will take. You want to look androgynous? You want to look crazy? Blue Room Photo has you covered. For all your photo needs, Blue Room Photo. Um, yeah, welcome back from a uh, little break there. Um, so, I didn't mean to get, uh, never mind. Welcome back. Um, yeah, I was, uh, um, you know, trying to make an important choice, um, in, in, um, in my life there, uh, because of, um, I don't know if it was, uh, it was in my head or it was real or, um, but I felt, I don't know, I always, always felt that I should be, um, responsible, uh, to my family or try to help them out. Um, but you know, in those situations, it's really weird. It's like, what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to, um, you're going to sacrifice, you're going to make sacrifice or is it really a sacrifice? Is it a necessary sacrifice? Um, but it was, it was, uh, trying to figure out whether it was more important for me to try to prop up my family, whether they really needed me or whether I needed to, um, um, take care of myself. Um, and it wasn't an easy choice. Um, I don't think I, I don't think I really, uh, talked to anyone about it, but I figured the best thing I could do was go live with my dad and, um, uh, and, um, and graduate, um, make a real effort to, uh, graduate from high school, um, <laughs> which was <laughs> easier, easier said than done. So as I said, I, so as I said, I went back to, um, I went back to, uh, live with my dad and went back to, uh, Inglewood High School, kind of like, I like to do that. You know, I like to make those, uh, uh, full circle kind of journeys in my life. I like to, I like to have closure when I can. It's not always possible. It's not always necessary, but you know, whatever. In my head, it's fun. Um, so I'm back, back at Inglewood and, um, and, it, and as, as, like I was saying, uh, I was, 
nobody remembered me from the first time I was there. Um, there was nobody there that I knew. So, um, it was, it was, it was, it was, again, it was, it was another fresh start. Um, which I think later on in life, I actually enjoy like, um, when I stay in jobs for a really long time and I know the people I work with, um, I don't know, I get, I get antsy and, uh, and you know, there's, there's like history with people and I just like to up and leave and then come back and, uh, <laughs> I'll come back maybe it might be years later, but I like to, I like to leave and, uh, I like to make fresh starts. Um, and I like to be the new kid over and over again. Um, I don't know if it's a good thing. Um, it's just, this is something I do now. But I got, like, when I got back to Inglewood, um, like I was saying, I had a real, uh, a real love of that sort of theatrical aspect of walking into a place and being uh being able to be something different and be what you weren't so I decided to um there were three things that I decided to pursue when I got back into high school um one of them was uh art I guess two things <laughs> wait no to take it back it was definitely three things one was art, um, one was drama, and the other was girls. <laughs> oh, um, jeez, what an idiot I am. Uh, yeah, because I had fallen in love with, uh, drama. And, um, actually for the, for the, for, for a for most of my school days, I, I kept taking art classes, but I never liked them. Um, I almost hated all my art classes up until, um, I came back to, uh, Inglewood high school. Um, so I'm back in Inglewood. It's a brand new, fresh start. And, um, I take drama and, um, I absolutely fall in love with drama class. Like I still, I still, I, I became a serious drama geek. Um, I was actually in three plays. Um, I was in, the first play I was in was death of a salesman. Um, I was just a bit part. Um, I ended up being in a, um, play that was a uh, theater of the absurd by a playwright uh Eugene Ionesco called the oh shit something game I might have to look that one up um that one was fun uh that one was really cool it was a very strange play but um it it was it was a uh, kind of way it was kind of midway through um the drama season and it gave a chance for every uh everybody to um have one scene where they got to be the star um i think that was i think i think my mom actually went to that play um i'm gonna have to ask her 
after asking her if she went and saw my high school play. Um, I'm going to have to look up the name of that play again. But um, uh, drama was cool. Um, God, I could go on. I could go on about drama class forever. Um, the 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 way you form friendships because uh, you end up. Um, so you, when you're in when you're in the play, you end up being with a uh, a small group of people that happen to be in their own little world. Um, we always stayed late after class because uh, we had to build sets and we had to practice our lines and our drama teacher was psychotic. <laughs> yeah, this is this is still back in the day, like uh, this is back in the day when um, I think I, so when it was it's actually when I got to be a uh, senior, they just phased out um, hazing of the freshmen just phase that out um so yeah it was back in back in those days when uh teachers were i don't know um they're probably all those kind of cool teachers like my drama teacher is probably probably they're all gone and buried because you can't because people probably think it's it's mean and horrible to treat students this way and um yeah we just want we just want to make um our children soft. I don't know why. We just want to have a bunch of soft, soft children so that when something terrible happens, they're all going to get fucked. But that's not a problem for me because I don't have any children. So, you know, you can make all the soft children you want. Um, shit hits the fan and they all get, and they all fucking cave and they all fall apart. You only have yourselves to blame. Um, but yeah, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was really cool how my, our drama teacher was super psychotic. He, he threw his clipboard a lot of times. Um, he yelled a lot and he was really, really fucking hard on us. And he was super serious about, um, drama and, we, we were, I, my drama teacher was, um, and I guess I did really well. I think I did really well. I did really well. My drama teacher loved me, put me in, uh, any play, all the plays. He knew I was a hard worker and, um, you know, I, <laughs> I, um, I'm good about, um, I don't know if I, I'm, I don't know if I'm good. I'm not going to say I'm good. I, I'm good about making bad decisions or fucked up decisions or possibly stupid decisions. Uh, I don't know. At the time I, he wanted me to pursue, um, a serious, he wanted me to go to apply for colleges, um, and get a, uh, get a degree, go to some, uh, some theater, uh, and major in theater and, uh, some like theater schools and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, I think I might, I, I think I might've done it if, 
I had anyone to give me, to offer me any advice or to push me. I don't mean anything bad by it, um, but I've never had parents that really pushed me to do anything, honestly. They were kind of more like lackadaisical. Like if I want to do something, they were like, okay, cool. They didn't really not support me, but they never really pushed me either. And I feel, and sometimes I feel like it would have been nice if my parents had been a little more pushy and like said, you know, you really should do this because I probably would have listened. Because I was pretty, because I've always been good about listening to my mom's. If she had, if my mom's had told me I should pursue a career in theater, I would have done it. But um, there was nobody there to to offer me any advice. There was just the, <laughs> the fucking voices in my head. So I did not choose that path. Um, and I was highly distracted at the time because of one of my other pursuits. And if you can guess which one that is, I'll give you a dollar. Um, yeah, I was I was extremely uh, distracted by, <laughs> by girls at the time. Go figure. Um, one of my girlfriends, uh, Helen, I met her. Uh, that was, God, that was, that was, uh, she was my, one of my best friends from drama class. She was his girlfriend and she had been out of school and then she showed up and, um, when we went to go see a play, we went to go see a play and she came to the play with all of us, um, because he had invited her and she came with us to go see the play. And this was, this was a, a drama class, like field trip. She ended up showing up there too. And because uh, Richard was my best friend and I barely remember him, <laughs> him at all, honestly, but he was, he was my best friend and he, invited and so um since I was hanging out with him and she showed up she was sitting by us and um I'm pretty sure I was infatuated with her from the moment she sat down um and I am a terrible person and so the fact that he was my best friend did not deter me at all <laughs> oh I'm such a terrible terrible person um I can't even explain how bad of a person I am right now. Then uh, she ended up, uh, she was out of school for a while and then she ended up coming back. Um, and she was, she was in a long line of this amazing skill that I have that actually I had not been able to um, put it into words until I heard somebody, until I heard, <laughs> until I actually heard um, it vocalized by, uh, by a very smart individual, uh, Dave Navarro had said this in an interview and I was like, holy shit. I'm like, that's exactly what I do. Dave Navarro had said that he had this amazing skill that if you put any number of girls in a room and no matter what they look like, if they all looked hot or 
or whatever, if they all looked exactly, if they were all exactly the same, the same level of hotness, um, you know, or whatever, like they, they didn't say anything and they were just all put in a room. There would be a magnet inside me that would pick out the one that was totally fucking the craziest out of all of them. <laughs> Helen, Helen was not insane crazy insane but she definitely had some issues i mean come on she totally did um <laughs> otherwise otherwise a she wouldn't have um been dating that richard who and i guess was literally a psychotic person uh, not at school but in his relationship and she wouldn't have tried and she wouldn't have ended up um uh going out with his best friend and um right under his nose um because we ended up going out a few times and then making out before uh she ever broke up with him and so like i was already in the door before she told him anything was going on he had no idea but anyways that's because i'm a bad person <laughs> a selfish bad person um, yeah, it was great. That was great. Uh, but she was cool. Um, one of her friends was also a really good friend of mine. Uh, this awesome punk rock girl in school, Jenny Rubino. She had a mohawk and she liked to, uh, wear skirts and Mickey Mouse underwear and smoke cigarettes. Yeah, that was Jenny. Jenny was cool. She's our mutual friend. Um, but yeah. Then Richard uh Richard had a I think he had he had a birthday party or something, but he ended up inviting me over to his place. Um so he was a senior and I was a sophomore and Helen was also a sophomore. A, a sophomore, sophomore, sophomore. It was really weird back in the day when um, I think kids were, I don't know if they were more on their own or not, but Richard had his own apartment. So he went over to Richard's place. Uh, he had a birthday party, went over to Richard's place, got super drunk. And up until then, I hadn't really done anything except for smoke a lot of weed when I was in Arizona. Um. But I uh, didn't really care for alcohol too much. I think I um, had, had some beers here and there uh, and some shots of whiskey. My stepdad was fond of giving us whiskey, but I didn't really care for it. Only, the only thing I really ever, ever cared for was uh, smoking weed, but I wasn't ever big into that stuff, but. I discovered my love of alcohol about that time. It was fantastic shit. Ugh. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was a good time. And then my other favorite, uh, pursuit was art class because I had taken a independent study art class and my art teacher loved me. And so, um, she loved me so much that I, uh, would, um, 
I, I would, I would, uh, just ditch my other classes and go come, go come, come and hang out in, uh, in art class. And she never, she never questioned it. She never, she never said anything. She would just let me come into art class and do whatever. She was having a class and I walked in the door. She was just like, didn't care as long as they didn't like disturb any other, other students. And I would just do my own shit. It was great. Um, but my, my, uh, my dreams of, I had some other really good friends. Um, I talked about, uh, Mark and, or no, yeah, Mark. And, uh, it was, it was kind of a, it was kind of an interesting school. It was, uh, it had all the regular cliques, but, um, you know, I had the jocks and the dirt heads and the, and the punks and the new wave kids. And these were back in the day. These were real punks. They were like wearing, uh, uh, kicker boots, uh, Doc Martens with, um, the correct color of shoelaces and leather jackets with spikes all over them. And they all had mohawks that stood like three feet in the air. That's, that's, that's how Jenny was too. Jenny had a really, really fucking cool, like tall ass fucking mohawk. Um, and and then, and then, uh, Joe was also a drama geek too. And those guys had all been, uh, jocks for a little while, but, but Chuck was the only one who stayed a jock. And then Chuck ended up going into the military. Uh, Mark is crazy. I think the only one that I ever occasionally talked to is Joe. Um, and I hadn't seen him for a really long time, but, um, Charlie went into the military. Then he went to Germany, lived in Germany had a family, had some kids, got divorced. And I think he still lives in Germany. And I've talked to him a few times too, but then he fell off the grid. And Mark fell off the grid like a long time ago. He was an English teacher the last time and married the last time I heard anything from him, but he's way off the grid. So who knows? Who knows with these people? <laughs> it's just interesting to see what happens to people like years later. This is the reason that I... Oh, so, so badly want to be like, I wish I was, I, 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 I wish that I could be um, one of those vampires that lives for thousands of years. Or I'm hoping, praying to all the immortal gods that um, they will be able to download your consciousness into a cyborg body because I want to live hundreds of years and just see how people what happens to people like I think that's like the best study is if you can live a really long time and really like just study people and see what happens to them like it was really interesting to see what happened to all my friends from high school um and I think I don't know if people think about that stuff because some people like all their friends kind of do the same stuff I don't know um but maybe it's just because I don't do any of the same stuff that my friends did and um, it's interesting to see how they, they grew old and what happened, <laughs> what happened to them. Oh, it's just, it's just humorous to me to see what happens to people over time. Um, but you know, high school was high school. I was back in high school and, uh, did not almost didn't, almost didn't, um, almost didn't graduate. Um, my whole, 
my whole dream of <laughs> my whole my whole concept of 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 uh, going to Inglewood uh, High School to um, stay in the same school uh, so I could graduate was um, was a great concept and it might have and it and it did work. I did I did graduate just barely, but she's uh, one of the things that happened was I got distracted by girls. Um, specifically, um, because I started dating my best friend's girlfriend. <laughs> oh, Jesus, what an asshole. Um, and then also there were a lot of other girls that were really, really hot in that school. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm feeling nostalgic about hot girls in high school now. Um. But Jesus, yeah, I got, oh, yeah, so that was the thing, too, like, right, like, so it was my, it should have been, should have been my, uh, at the start of my senior year, and they finally, so they had to get all of my, um, before I could actually uh, graduate, they had to get all of my paperwork from my schools in uh, Arizona, Um. They had to transfer all that paperwork over and make sure that I had all the, the proper credits and blah, blah, blah. They, they, uh, they hooked me up. They hooked me up and I finally got all that stuff back. Um, and so the beginning of my, would have been my senior year, they tell me that, um, that all of my, that half, like uh, half of what I needed didn't get transferred. So I was missing, uh, half of, ha like half a year of credits. So they're like, so you're going to have to go at least one more half a year of school, or you might as well just go the whole year. And, and like, at the, so at this time, this is the other thing, uh, my my friends, um, Joe, uh, Joe, Mark, and Charlie were like, they, we were like all best friends. We hung out together. Um, and uh, we always did everything together for most of our time in school. Um, we ditched a lot of class together. We did whatever, but... Uh, we went to the comic book stores because we all loved comics. We were all a bunch of dorks, really. <laughs> That's the truth of it. Um, but yeah, they were they were actually a year younger than me, technically. Like it would have been my senior year, but it was there. It was there. It was supposed to be my senior year, but it was their uh, junior year. Um, but at the beginning of my senior year, I found out that I had actually missed half of my credit, so I was still gonna have to go for another half a year. So actually, I would. So if I elected to stay, I would have just graduated with my my three best friends. If I stayed a whole another year, I would have just graduated with my three best friends. And I was like, well, I might as well just do that because I'm gonna have to take a whole another half a year over again just because I lost all my credits. So I was just like, okay, whatever. So technically. Uh, I went to high school for five years and because of uh, having lost 
half of my credits um, from from uh, when I was in Arizona from uh, moving around so much. Um, yeah, it was a uh, it wasn't it wasn't a terrible thing at least at the time, but that last year for some reason just was so hard to finish. It was I ditched so many classes. And, um, my art teacher did not make it easy. Um, I quit drama and, um, I don't know where my headspace was at. It was more in the place of, I just needed to get the fuck out of there. I was all, all the, all the fun of school had kind of worn out. Um, and I, and I think, I think a lot of it is because I'm not is because I still, because that was probably, that was one of the two times that I ever stayed in one spot for a long period of, or one of three times that I, no, I didn't, yeah, one of two times, two, two to three times that I stayed in a spot for over a year to two years. Like I was in, like, I was in the same school for, uh, for my for my junior, senior, and senior part two. So like three years I was in the, I was in high school in that same school, which was really strange for me. So the last year was tough because I was not, I was just not, I'm just not, I've never, like it's, it's so hard for me to stay in one spot. It's only, I've only ever done it a couple of times. Um, since then. And it, and, and it could be, it could be that gypsy blood in me, or it could have just been that whole getting used to moving around and, uh, you know, not, not, not sitting in the same spot. We moved more than once. Uh, I think we moved at least once into a new house. Um, and that was because my, my dad and my, uh, step monster, um, had a kid. And so we need a little bit bigger place. Because it was originally it was just me and my sister and her kid, and then that was three of us, and then it was gonna be four of us, so they needed a bigger place. Oh, the joys of the joys of high school, the joys of being a new kid. Um, the the best the best times ever, <laughs> the best times ever. Yeah, so. That is my uh, back to school special. That is uh, just want you to just want you to. Uh, I did. I don't know. I just don't know how many people uh, ever got to uh, have that kind of experience uh, moving around. Uh, maybe some military kids. You know that seems to be a theme in movies where there's that military kid who gets moved into a new school, um, or maybe there's that. It's either that or the family, um, the mom takes her kids and who knows where the dad is and they moved into some school, some new place. Um, it's been the theme in a few movies, but I just wonder, I just wonder how much of that resonates with people. Um, and I'm pretty sure that nobody ever, ever got to move into as many high schools as I did. I'm pretty sure there might be, there might be some military, uh, people out there or something that got to move around uh and uh in in high schools uh at least as much as I did maybe even more 
I don't know. That's that's pretty crazy though. That's a lot. It's a lot of moving around. But I don't. I don't. I'm not bitter about it. Don't regret it. Um, I had a lot of fun, and I learned. I learned way more about me, and I learned way more about, um, you know, the reality of the world around me. Like you don't, you don't have to be. You don't have to be anything that anybody says you are. You you can always be who you say you are. When you go some, and you know that helped me out when I traveled too. When I finally went overseas and traveled into other countries and traveled into countries where you don't know any, you don't you know know the language and everything super foreign. Like if you go over into East Asia and you go to say like Japan or something and you don't speak the language, it's like you just. You just pretend. You just pretend like you've always been there. And uh, nothing seems weird and nothing seems strange because you pretend like it's always been that way. That's always, that's always, that's, that's always the thing that's gotten me through any kind of uh, change that was, that was weird or different is I just, whatever happens, I just pretend like it's always been that way. That this is just... You know, and then it's it's just the new me, and this is the this is the me at the time. You know, there's no whatever. There's nothing I'm trying to hold on to in the past, or I'm not trying to keep keep my identity safe or my keep my ego alive. I'm just moving to a new spot and become a new thing. Um, kind of like a kind of like a, a social chameleon i think i think it's a it's a survival instinct and i don't know how people can stay in the same spot for so long i've only been able to do it a few times like i said and it gets harder <laughs> as time goes on it gets so hard to just stay in the same spot but anyways that's uh the uh that's the end of episode one of the back to school special and and this is uh this is a these wackadoo world and um we will see you um on the next episode of these wackadoo world uh i hope and uh yeah peace out until next time just remember, be whoever you want to be. Don't be a slave, okay? Peace.